The Start. On Demand. demand. Hey, it's Brett. It's the Friday edition of the podcast for The Start with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Well, sort of McNabb. Actually, not McNabb at all. She wasn't here today. She's not here on Monday. She's back on Tuesday. She's enjoying some well-deserved time off. Today, we're going to have coffee and talk about the fact that Stella Artois has created this little doodad that you put on a Roomba, one of those little sort of automated vacuums. Well, it's a thing that you put on it that holds beer. So it just wanders around your party and your guests can stay seated and grab a beer. So that inspired a discussion on our practices when we host parties. Do we get drinks for our friends, for our guests, or do we just say, help yourself, have at it, it's a free-for-all? Jeff Braun, the Reverend Jeff Braun, for our Keeping the Faith series, Jeff Braun looked into what it would take to get himself ordained online, and the results are hilarious. Still with Keeping the Faith, we are going to sit down with Rabbi Matthew Leibel from the Sherry Zedek Synagogue. Super fascinating guy. He's going to talk about his faith and his congregation, and as much Judaism as we can fit in to the two segments that we had with him. We're also going to visit with one of our top five favorite guests of all time, Lara Ray, the artistic director from the comedy festival, the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. And as it turns out, this next one in 2019 is going to be her last Winnipeg Comedy Festival. And she brings us so much joy for a Friday. And speaking of joy... It's the season, tis the season, for joy, Canadian's Winter Wonderland turns on the lights tonight at Red River Exhibition Park, and we will speak with the CEO of Red River Exhibition about the Winter Wonderland. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, well, sort of. She's away for the next couple of days. Some well-deserved days off. What's that? Her sweater's still here. Is it still there? (laughs) She leaves. She She leaves everything everywhere. Yeah, Uh, she had a jacket sitting on a random chair in the newsroom for like two and a half months. I feel like (laughs) once a year we'll be making a donation to a a shelter or something with all Loren's Uh, extra clothes. She can never, ever tell her kids to pick up after themselves. (laughs) Never. Okay, guys, she's not here to defend herself. Even better. You know what? Jeff, you gave me a, a good reminder too because we got filled a Freightliner tomorrow for yeah. a silo mission at Boston Pizza, Keniston from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's a pair of boots that's been sitting in our work closet. It's like a pair of steel toe boots. I'm going to be there from 9 to noon. You want me to take them down? I think we should. There's yeah. the uh, tan. I'll take McNabb sweater too. The, <laughs> yeah. the tan colored denim jacket in the bathroom that's been hanging on the back of the door for over a since month ha- now. Since Halloween. Since Halloween. You're yeah. going to want to wash been up that with before that you thing? wear it. I thought it was yours. Why, yeah. why would it be mine? You're the only I've one never that seen you wear that <laughs> You got a point there. Yeah, I do have a point. I don't know who's, if it was part of the costume or what the deal yeah, is. I'm going to take those boots with me, though. Yeah, you should. Yeah. That's a yep, great idea. Absolutely. Because they're, yeah. they're in top shape. I think they were worn once. Yes. Yeah. I think somebody visited a work site sure. and they've just been sitting there for a long time. Okay, so. Kelly, deal. you're going to be a BP from 9 till noon nine tomorrow. To noon, yeah. I'm going to come and join you for a little bit tomorrow sure. because it's a, such a worthwhile absolutely. cause. And a big shout out to Freightliner Matt. 
Manitoba for jumping all mm. over this. Yeah. Kenny Talbot's such a great guy he to work is. with. And on Boston that, yeah. Pizza, yes. Andrew, and everybody at BP for uh, getting involved as well. It's going to be a, a, an amazing day, as it often is when we reach out to the community, community for a helping hand. Indeed, and I've got to go through my closet this afternoon and get rid of some of my clothes, so I will bring all of that stuff, including an old parka, uh, to Silo Mission uh, tomorrow at Boston Pizza. Now, Greg, you found something here. I'll read the headline. <laughs> the Stella Artois Bart turns your RoboVac into a beer valet. Yeah, now BART is the Bay Area Rapid Transit System, so that's what I know BART as. But as I did some more reading, I found out that it also stands for, as you mentioned, bartending automated robotic technology. This from Stella Atois. They are uh, selling this kit for 20 bucks. It's basically a bunch of plastic. And if you have one of those Roombas, which is the automated vacuum oh, that the, goes yeah. around your house. You can attach it to the Roomba. It's got room for one, two, three, four, five, six beer and some nuts or maybe chips and dip. And uh, you just attach it and the Roomba will carry the beer around <laughs> your house on one oh. level at least and uh, basically caddy for you and, and be your automated waiter or waitress. Won't Why do we say spill? server? Would it spill the first time it bumps into something? Look, look, Jeff Braun, I didn't invent the Come technology. On. I'm simply bringing the story to light. And it had me wondering, like, how do you provide hospitality at your home? And is this not the coolest idea ever? It's a fun looking, it would be a good Christmas gift, you know? My question is, though, is do I have to chase this thing around or do I have to, like, throw dirt on the ground for it to come to me? <laughs> like, what do I do? Stand by a plant, ground some of the dirt. <laughs> That's a great point for it, Jay. And another thing that I, that I kind of see wrong with this is it, you, if you're trying to save yourself some work, that, like instead of getting up to serve your guests beer, you still got to get up and put eight yeah, beers load the in thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. there's a whole eight. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, uh, anyway, what do you do, <laughs> Mackling, when you host? Well, we're kind of goofy when it comes to uh, no. to uh, certain things in our house. We have one, two, three. We have four fridges in our house. <laughs> two, two in our kitchen, one in the garage, now uh, one in the basement. And so I kind of follow my father-in-law's rule, and that is when you come in, I'll get you your first drink. But after that, there's the bar. Help yourself to this. Help yourself to that. The beer's in the fridge. It's cold. Welcome to my home. Make yourself at home, and let's have some fun. That's exactly what we do as well. We'll pour the first one, and after that, help yourself. I uh, have a smaller place. I mean, you've got a house, so I can understand that. If you're hosting a party in a house, you don't want to be running around all but I mean I've got a small apartment so if I have people over I usually will try to keep people's drinks topped up or grab another beer Jeff I know you've been at my place and yep. I've run to the fridge and grabbed you another Heineken probably so uh, I like to do that but that's because it's a small space and it's no skin off my teeth and oh I thought you were monitoring consumption well, <laughs> well it's a good thing to do also and typically when I'm getting up to refill someone else's drink it's because I also need a reload so uh, yeah usually at my house too it's just whoever's Going into the kitchen to get another drink, you just holler, anybody else want one? And if anyone does, bring it back for them. I think that's a good, I like that practice as well. Yeah, I was going to invite Forche until I found out he was going to throw dirt (laughs) on the floor. (laughs) I I tend to do that everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. You just throw dirt on the floor. What are you, a pig Pig pen? pen? Oh, yes. Of course I am. (laughs) What about jackets? 
What do you do with oh, the jackets? Jackets are tough. I got the chair by the door where all the jackets go. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, that way too. What about the bed? I love the bed. You don't no. get your jacket and throw it on the bed in the bedroom. Only in this part of the world is that a thing, right? Because... No. Yeah. Winter. Winter. <laughs> you, you know what would be kind of cool, though, is if you had people over, and especially around this time of the year, if you've got an extra little Christmas gift or, or you buy something that's, you know, very inexpensive but, but kind of fun or whatever, and that goes in one jacket. Ooh, I like that. It gets piled oh, up on the bed. And then, and then when someone goes to get the job, they, I, I won the prize type hey. of thing. I think that would be kind of a Kelly cool thing. Moore for party coordinator. Conversely. Go through the pockets of everyone's coat no. and uh, take five bucks out here, five bucks there. <laughs> Make your own little oh, Christmas gift, you know? You decide whose house you're going to visit after that. <laughs> what about snacks? I once, uh, one time I had some people over and uh, I wasn't really thinking at the time. I didn't think anything of it, but uh, when it was time to serve, I had chips and dip. And I just threw the bag of chips on the table and threw the dip on the table. And I was later told, well, you got to put the chips in a bowl. And I thought, well, why not? You can open the bag, can't you? I kind of like pulling the chips out of the bag as well, opposed to a bowl. Well, there's that new trick now that you're starting to see, uh, I think, courtesy of Reddit or what's the other? Pinterest. Pinterest, where you, if you, there's a certain way that you can open the bag and kind of turn the bag into, into a, a bowl. A, into a bowl. So and I like, I'll take the scissors because I don't like to reach into the bag and get my hand yeah, all that's greasy. That's what we do too. So yeah. I'll, I'll cut the bag, you know, because it's two thirds air anyway. I'll cut the bag and then it's a, a properly proportioned uh, hand pocket for me to just take my chips. I don't feel so guilty carrying around this gigantic bag with yeah. me. Back before I uh, went chipless, we used to buy the Binford 2000 size of the, <laughs> of those potato chips. So the as, the bag Costco? Went, as the bag went down, you'd snip it off a little bit more. Why hasn't anybody come up with the idea of putting a Ziploc, like the Ziploc connector? Because a bag of chips doesn't last long enough to make that worthwhile. Maybe yeah. that's why. Here's another thing, too, for ice. I uh, one time, I thought I, I had it beat. I would have my friends over. We call, call themselves the Transcona Rum Council. So it's like <laughs> six guys all drinking rum. So I had five trays of ice. I was, I knew, I was like, I'm going to make sure there's tons of ice. And uh, they defeated the ice within an hour. Well, yeah, five trays of ice is nothing. It, you... wa- it wasn't enough. So I ended yeah. up going to buy four more trays. So I've got nine trays of ice in my freezer. <laughs> what just you need to do, just, just buy a fridge that makes ice cubes, Hitman. Yeah. Just just go that way. Well, one tra- or, or go to Mackling. He's got four fridges. I'm sure he's got enough left over. I haven't hooked up the water or the ice on the fridge yet. Um, one good trick is to take the ice, you know, you make your ice trays, and then put it in a bowl, in a plastic bowl, and then you can make ice in advance. But then you yeah. get yeah. a big bowl. But yeah. then it yeah. freezes together. I've done that. It always ends it up, always you ends always, up in always one block. need like an ice uh, chipper or Give something. Give him a Brett smash. Yeah, oh, you, this is my ice tip. Use boiling hot water to make your ice, then the cubes aren't cloudy. Looks nicer. That's a great trick. Well done, Jeff. Yeah. Brock. While he's rifling through your pockets for your $5. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Some it restaurants does. do that. Jeff Braun, he's a he's a man of mystery, and apparently he's a reverend. We'll find out what that's all about at seven forty-five. Yes, but he's my coming, lamb. He's coming up with the news <laughs> next. <laughs> it's day five. Greg Mackling of Keeping the Faith. It is, and this is a series of investigations, series of conversations and stories that we've been putting together throughout the 
week. And, and, you know, it's timely because we're coming into the holiday season for not every faith, not every religion, but for many of them. And so we thought it'd be apropos to visit this topic and, and get acquainted with your neighbors and try and sort out the ideas of why do you celebrate that way? Why do you sort it out the way you do? And, and why do you celebrate uh, or not the holidays in a fashion? Well, one thing that I think everyone has ever been to is a wedding. Yep. And a common thing is starting to happen. It's not just Joey on Friends. Yep. <laughs> Who has decided that, oh, uh, I'm going to put myself in a position where I can marry my two best friends, at least officiate the wedding. Yep. It's a growing trend. The internet affects almost every aspect of our lives, and increasingly that includes religion. Jeff Braun has this report in our Keeping the Faith series. Two events occurred this week of technological importance. One, NASA's InSight spacecraft made a successful landing on the surface of Mars, where in the months ahead, the lander will dig down to measure the angry red planet's internal heat, and a seismometer will listen for quakes. And two, I became an ordained minister via the internet. Now, this isn't anything really new, but it is even easier than you think it is. Take Homer Simpson's journey. Now begins the long and spiritual journey to becoming an ordained minister. Name? Homer Simpson. You are now an ordained minister. That's eerily close to reality. I found this ad online. Performing a wedding for friends or family has never been easier. You may choose to become ordained to perform a single wedding, or you may use your ordination to perform a variety of ministerial duties, such as baptisms, funerals, house blessings, or simply leading standard church services. Just click on the big button and fill out the ordination form completely using your full legal name and a valid email address. Within moments, you will be a bona fide minister. Ah yes, nothing connotes the sacrament of the clergy like the words big button or bona fide. Nevertheless, I went to the website for the Universal Life Church. They boast 20 million ordinations on their site, including the likes of talk show host Conan O'Brien. Welcome, Conan Christopher O'Brien, to the worldwide congregation of Universal Life Church ministers. Feels really good because looking back over the long process, all the work. Believe it or not, the site also has quite a bit of merchandise for sale. Funny how that works. At any rate, I thought if Homer and Conan can do it, so can I. I sat down at my trusty computer earlier this week, rolled tape, and began my spiritual journey. I am at themonastery.org. It's a ordination form on their website. Apparently it is legit. We've looked into this. It's legitimate. If they want my first name, that's easy. Jeff. It's official for uh, marrying people. We're getting ordained here. Let's uh, crank it up a notch. We'll go with Jeffrey because that is my full actual name. They also want a middle name. I got two. Byron Scott and last name Braun. Please, uh, it says, do not include titles. All right. Capitalize correctly. That's pretty easy. Done. Email jbron at cjob.com. You can always reach me at jbron at cjob.com. Country, Canada. Select a province, Manitoba. Join our monthly newsletter list. No, thank you. Submit ordination request. Welcome, Jeffrey Byron Scott Braun, to the Congregation of the Universal Life Church. As of 11-26-2018, I am now an ordained minister. 
this looks like a pretty official no it cost me forty dollars to order the certificate we'll hit the back button on that one and we won't get the official documents but i am technically ordained and we'll get an email to that effect and it was just that easy it only took about a minute it was actually a little boring now i can legally in many parts of the world officiate weddings funerals or just plain old-fashioned church services so if you plan to get married or buried in the near future shoot me an email we'll haggle over the price for global news i'm reverend jeff braun <laughs> jeff braun that was amazing oh my goodness so I don't know good. that I would want Jeff. Well, yes, Jeff you officiating would. a wedding would be rather humorous. Oh, yes, it would. It'd be fantastic. I suggested that maybe he could officiate my next wedding. Yep. And he said that uh, that there's a joke in there, that everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Backlink household <laughs> for some of my relatives right now. And Jeff said, well, we'll haggle over the price because I really don't want to do any weddings. Have any of your friends, you've likely spoken at a few weddings, I would guess. Yeah, a handful. Have yeah, ever, but, I, but I'm not uh, ordained, no, in any way. Has and anybody I've never, ever asked you? Not to officiate. No, they know better. Would you do it? Absolutely. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Yeah, be honored. My, one of my buddies, I think he's officiated now three or four different weddings within this sort of large circle of friends. and uh, You would be great at it. Well, I often end up uh, just speaking at the weddings. Uh, you'd be great. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I... I I wonder if I would want to do that. That's so much pressure. I tend to I tend to fold like an accordion under pressure. I just buckle, man. You I'm do not. Choke artist. Absolutely in no way. You know who was not a choke artist? Who? Byron Scott, former LA Laker. One of the best free throw shooters of all time. I said I said to Jeff, were your parents big basketball fans? No, nope, total total coincidence. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, sort of. McNabb is in Calgary. She'll be back. I actually don't even know where she's gone. She's just, she's not here. She's back on Tuesday. So have fun, Loren. Hey, we just got an update here on the romaine lettuce, and it's still don't eat the romaine. What? Uh, A couple of days ago, they said it was okay to eat the romaine, but don't eat the cucumbers. Yeah, they're saying update, public health notice, outbreak of E. coli infections linked to romaine lettuce. Uh, Canadian Food Inspection Agency says uh, it reflects additional findings and details about an ongoing outbreak investigation which has linked romaine lettuce harvested in a specific growing region of California to the outbreak. Some more on that throughout the day here on 680 CJOB. Pizza again, McGarry. Oh, darn. I was just about to embrace the salad world and now this. Oh, well. Oh, well. I guess... uh, I guess we'll have to tough through it, hey, Greg? Mm-hmm. Day five of Keeping the Faith. At 7.50, Jeff Braun shared his story about how he has become ordained, the Reverend Jeff Braun. So you can go to the audio vault to hear that at cjob.com. But right now we have somebody in studio with us. We're going to have a chat with over the next half hour or so. Greg, uh, is it, I, you, the way you greeted him, clearly you guys have been buds for a while. Well, no, and that's the ironic part. This is what I love about the medium of radio so much. Uh, Rabbi Matthew Leibel joins us in studio. And Matthew and I uh, crossed paths for years in terms of covering the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Rabbi Leibel now was Matthew Leibel of TSN 1290. He worked in the same time slot as we work now in the morning. And you were my radio friend, Matt, for a lot of years as when the Winnipeg 
Winnipeg Jets first uh, came back to Winnipeg, as people like to say. And we would see each other at Jets games. And, uh, well, that's how we know one another. And that's the great thing about radio is it creates that familiarity without ever really seeing the other person's face. Is that fair to say? Oh, totally. And that and I used to say that. For, I'll, I'll answer that first. But Greg used to do this thing where we would run into each other at games and up in the 300 level, you know, where the real people sit. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> just kidding. I just I just don't know anyone with tickets downstairs. Um, and uh, <laughs> and he would see me. And he'd always call. He'd always be Matt. Hey, Matt, Matt. And the people I'd be with, usually my wife or other friends would be like, "Ooh, you actually are pretty famous. <laughs> So I had I, basically I had Greg kind of circling the concourses to to kind of boost my ego and make it. Wow. Whoa. You've got a fan out there. Still waiting for the check to clear. Look, I thought we agree, agreed that was going to be just cash under the table, that kind of thing. But whatever. We can explore that at the end of the interview. But yeah, uh, Greg and I go way back and we kind of cross paths as as fans and, and covering the Jets at the same time. I think we were always prepared to admit that, you know, being Winnipeggers. Yeah, we were covering the team, but we were also kind of fans. But what you were saying about the radio was what drew me to it in the first place. Uh, when I was in school, they kind of they kind of laid it all out. Some of you are going to go newspaper, some of you are going to go TV, some of you are going to go radio. And the thing with radio that I really liked was the intimacy of the medium, right? And and I tell that people to people still the, to this day. What's the first thing people listen to when they wake up in the morning? People don't reach for the clicker and turn on the TV. They turn on their radio. Sometimes their alarm is their radio. And then you've got it in the car. You know, you... Without seeing people's faces, which after many years kind of, you know, weared on me, like I wanted to see my audience and at the synagogue, I can see my audience and that's really great. But the connection you have with people where they're inviting you really into their daily routines, the things that, 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 that are part of getting them up in the morning or home at, or home after work. That is such a cool feeling to be a part of. Well, it's a genuine honor, right, Brett, to, yeah. to be included. And we talk about radio as our extended family. But we want to learn a little bit about your new family. Right. At, uh, now, I want to make sure I say this right. Sherry Zedek Synagogue. It. Nailed it. So you're a rabbi there. How long have you, have you been doing this? And maybe just elaborate a little bit more on what drew you from, and I'll say this without any hesitation, uh, Rabbi Libel, you have one of the great sports minds in this community. Gosh, thank I've you. I've always been jealous of your uh, 30 baseball stadium odyssey. My brother Kevin and I attempted a Similar thing, interrupted by uh, the events of September 11th, but I digress. Right. Just talk about uh, how has that transference of that ability to not only compile and rationalize statistics and that that desire for that intimate relationship taught you and what have you, what has it brought to, do we call it a pulpit? When yeah, you're oh, a for rabbi? sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Not all rabbis have pulpits. Some are more like counselors, some are more teachers. Um, because the, 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 the title of being a rabbi actually means teacher. Like that's what it, that's what the word means. So I, I mean, love when, lot, I love when John Stewart says, let, "Let me rabbi that." Right, a little bit, right? So right. I don't know that he has the authority to be saying that, right? But uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm allowed to be like, I'm in a daily show this for a little bit, actually. I'm gonna try and I, so I, but that, hey, I, John and I don't know each other, so <laughs> that'll be somewhere down the line. Um, for me, Judaism, sports, they were music. In, in my life, I have a number. I've always had a number of passions that I think developed when I was a teenager. I've always had certain things that I'm the kind of personality that when I like something, I really, really like something. I really get into something. And music, sports, and Judaism were probably the big three things for me from when I was like a teenager around the age of my bar mitzvah really until today. So when you talk about the statistics and the sports and everything like that, that's because when I was a little kid of just reading everything, 
like everybody who's a like a, a young sports fan, right? Like, give me every stat, give me every jersey number, give me. A, I'll tell you this guy's plus minus. You know, come on, bring it on. Um, and then the uh, and then with Judaism, it was the same sort of thing in, in a different in a different sort of way because it really spoke to me and it felt like things that were connected to my family, to my history. I would hear stories about my great grandfather who had immigrated. To, to Canada from Europe and got on the train in Halifax and was headed to Saskatchewan. But, oh, it was Passover when he was in Winnipeg. So got to hop off the train, find somewhere to have a Passover Seder, a Passover meal. Lo and behold, my family's from, Pas- from Winnipeg, right? So the, these were things that have always kind of been part of my life. And when I was 19, I got an opportunity to work at Sherrod Zedek Synagogue, at the synagogue where I'd had my bar mitzvah, where I'd been trained seven, six, seven years before for my, for my uh, big moment in my life. And I got hired to be a bar and bat mitzvah trainer, like a tutor. The process for a bar and bat mitzvah is you, at 12 years old, if you're a boy, or 11 years old, if you're a girl, you spend like a year of lessons with your tutor, week after week, learning how to do all kinds of ritual things in the synagogue that will happen on the day of your event, reading from chanting out of the Torah, chanting something else called the Haftarah, leading prayers, making a speech. Like it's a very, very involved process. So we, we try to reduce the stress by starting a year ahead of time. And I got hired to do that. You know, I was 19. I could relate to kids. It wasn't that far removed from when I did it myself. So I did that. And then on Saturday mornings, I was kind of the Torah reader, which is um, a big reading from the Torah is a big part of our Saturday morning service, our biggest service of the week. It's Shabbat. And it's the it's the text that a lot of people are familiar with because it's the f- the first five books of the Old Testament, right? Genesis through De- Deuteronomy in Hebrew, of course, handwritten on a scroll. But the tricky thing about it is, you sing it, and there are little symbols we call trope that give you the melodies for each word. It's kind of like a code, like a system. But those symbols are not in the actual scroll. Neither are any of the vowels. Hebrew, all the consonants are letters and vowels are little dots and little slashes and things like that under the letters. And those dots and those musical symbols are not in the scroll. So you have to kind of memorize in a way ahead of time. You have to prepare. And one of one of the things I've been blessed with is I've got a pretty good, I think they call it like an eidetic memory where I can kind of envision these sorts of things. And I really was really sharp when I was a kid back before I started you know, going to university and having beers and things like that. And, and it's still pretty sharp. It's still pretty sharp. But I got a job at 19 teaching kids to do that and then doing that myself on a weekly basis. And I did that all through my university career. I moved to Halifax, went to journalism school. I got involved with the small synagogues in that community. I came back to Winnipeg and got this job uh, Am I allowed to, at the other radio station. I mentioned at, it. At TSN and was working at the synagogue. And so I had these two things throughout my life. I was Matt when I was on the radio, but I was Matthew at the synagogue. And it was something that now I've been involved with my synagogue working there in different capacities for 14 years. So you can see what I mean at the beginning about it being a passion, you know. And I think the best part was what the Judaism and what the sports had in common for me were the interactions with people where we started this conversation, right? Having conversations with people about sports, getting to know people, getting to meet people, maybe inspiring people, and then being able to do the same thing with Judaism, young people and then the people, older people I would meet on Saturdays at the congregation, people just kind of out. I, I, it was the people who drew me to it. And then when I came to a crossroads, like, which one of these do you think you're going to really enjoy doing more? Because I would have felt fulfilled doing either. It was the, the synagogue world and the opportunity there 
presented itself to have, I think, a more fulfilling life for me. Well, let's get more of your story. And we have all kinds of questions about whether or not you're losing congregants or gaining more. Sure. Is that even the right word to say in Judaism? I don't know. That's why you're here to teach us. So we're going to find out more of Matt Leibel's story. Rabbi Matthew Leibel. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mackling McGarry, McNabb, the start on CJOB. I say McNabb because she's not here. She's back on Tuesday. But we do have someone in studio with us, Greg. Yeah, and he's got an M as well. Somewhere in there, Rabbi Matthew Leibel joining us in a <laughs> studio. He is rabbi at Sherry Dedick Synagogue, and that is uh, right next to 529 Wellington. Yes, yes, across from St. Mary's Academy. We've got a little, we call it an ecumenical corner. There's Lutheran Church of the Redeemer, Unitarian Church, St. Mary's, and us. It's a really it's a really cool spot there at Wellington and Academy. This is part of our Keeping the Faith series, and we were uh, speaking with Matthew about his, and I'm calling him that in, in respect to his radio <laughs> career. He is now Rabbi, Rabbi Libel in his present life. So in that present life, talk us, talk to us a little bit about the, the changes in religion and in faith. Are you seeing more? And Brett asked the question, is congregant the, the appropriate terminology? Yes. Fewer? Uh, more? Is it growing? What What is the state of, of Judaism uh, at your synagogue, at least? Or maybe you can comment in Manitoba in general. At our, I, I'm probably, I think, in general, I feel like religion is is there's there's a downswing in Judaism kind of across the the board. Um, in our, but I, I'm probably better speaking at our synagogue specifically. One of one of the things that I was hoping to do when I when I really got uh, involved there on the rabbinic path a couple of years ago was trying to increase not just attendance because our attendance was certainly down. When I started working there 14 years ago, early 2000s, we would have 130, 150 people on a Saturday morning. Fast forward to 2012, 2013, 65, 70 people more like synagogue Saturday morning usually appeals to an older crowd. People with young kids, they've got activities on Saturdays. People who are kind of my demographic, I wake up five days a week. You're making me wake up another morning. Are you crazy? We get that. But then people were were passing away and the people 20, 30 years younger than them weren't in the same mindset that synagogue was going to be a part of their routine on a weekly basis. So you know, not that many years ago, we were down to 65, 70, 75 people on a Saturday morning. So we needed to find ways to kind of rejuvenate that crowd and get it up. And we have done that, shortening our services in the morning. They were very long. Like they used to be three hours, nine to noon. All my non-Jewish friends look at me the way you guys are looking at me right now. Yeah. Three hours, get nine o'clock. People wouldn't even arrive till 10. So we started at 10 and we changed our prayer book around because our prayers are, are in Hebrew and not everybody reads Hebrew. And if you don't read Hebrew, you need some kind of prayer book that has maybe translations and phonetics so you can follow along and try and sing along because the service is very musical. We brought in musical instruments. It used to be traditionally an a cappella service. So new prayer book, shorter service, um, a more engaging style where we would explain things as we go so if people didn't feel disconnected. And now we're back up into that 125 to 150 people on a regular basis. So from that perspective alone, I think things are going well. High holidays. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur in the fall are our big holidays of the year. I guess you would say some people get really into Christianity, Christmas and Easter. Our biggest crowds are these three services on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And 
We've done similar changes, shortening the service, new prayer book we just unveiled this year, more music, trying to keep traditional melodies, but kind of a contemporary sort of feel. And that balance is always important. And our numbers for that are up as well. So I think we're doing well because we're trying to be a little radical and take some change, make some changes, take some chances. And people are always leery of that. But if you don't, I saw the trend with my own eyes. It was going in, an, in a downward direction and everything else adapts and changes in the world. So I think Judaism can do that, too. You mentioned Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur as the big holidays. Yes. Where does Hanukkah rank? Well, first of all, we got to do the ch. You, do you feel that ch- you... Hanukkah? Yeah. Oh. Mackling? Hanukkah. All I say is, like, I was talking about it with a student last night. Imagine you've got popcorn stuck in the back of your throat. Ch- yeah. Ch- Right? Because there's always this big debate. Is Hanukkah with an H? Is it with a CH? Is it with a KH? Doesn't like, really matter. It's the sound. It's right. That's right. <laughs> right. You want to wish somebody a happy Hanukkah. Ho, ho, you're going to blow their minds. Uh, because it's so close to Christmas, because it's our winter holiday, I think people naturally assume that it's got to be important because Christmas plays such an important role in even secular world, right? But it's not. It's it's not even a, it's not even a biblical holiday. It's post-biblical. Like it's 2,000 years old, but in Judaism, that's actually relatively young for a holiday, right? Passover, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, these are three, four, five thousand years old. Like these are big, big, like a lot longer. And on those particular days, you're not supposed to work. Yeah, there's lots of rules. Hanukkah doesn't have any of that. And yet, because it's so close to Christmas, people are aware of it, which is a really good thing. And it's an opportunity to talk about Judaism and kind of be an ambassador and share that with the world. But it's not a... uh, strict holiday in terms of uh, regulations or restrictions and it's kind of funny how that works out we have about 60 seconds left here uh just very quickly we talked earlier this week about christmas c and e the c and e crowd christmas and easter is that an equivalent for judaism um um three days a year we have two days of rosh hashanah and then a day of yom kippur and they're kind of in a week and a half so the first two days of the new year are Rosh Hashanah, and then uh, eight days later, on the 10th day of the new year is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And there are some people who, that that's like their synagogue involvement. So those would be our C&E crowd, right? And um, I think that that's great. I think that people who want to come kind of work it into their annual cycle of, okay, it's the beginning of a new year. It's always in the fall. The leaves are changing. School's starting. It, it does feel like a new year. We've got people who come and, and, they, and they celebrate it with us. It's a good time for self-reflection. And introspection, and and that's what we kind of try to do in uh, in synagogue on those days. It's sort of like the people that I'll see at the mall once a year on December twenty fourth. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, I got to buy uh, some presents for people too. Hanukkah and c- c- Christmas. Ah, how much time do I have? Uh, none. We're, we're out. <laughs> we're out of time. Till Christmas? No. <laughs> Rabbi Matthew Libel from Sherry Zedek Synagogue. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, today. guys. Really appreciate it. Mackling McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB. McNabb is back on Tuesday. Question of the day at CJOB.com brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. And this question inspired by the Reverend Jeff Braun. Would you officiate a friend's wedding? Yes, it would be my honor or no way too much responsibility. Let's ask our guest in studio, Lara Ray. Oh, my goodness. I can I can answer in the affirmative because I have. And oh. I did just recently, actually, at uh, last year's comedy festival. I'm Lara Ray, artistic director of the Winnipeg Comedy <laughs> Festival. Good morning, everybody. 
How did morning, it go, guys? We, we could just leave the studio yeah. for the You're next like 20 minutes. You're like those dudes that when, uh, when someone's there with his wife and you don't introduce the wife, right? Yeah, this is my friend Tom, and uh, oh, yes. Uh, um, well, well, no, now, in all fairness, all fairness, I do believe Brett introduced you. He did. He did. I didn't in all offer fairness, context. When have, I, uh, when have I ever been fair on this show? <laughs> when have I ever been fair? Well, see, that's a great thing. I knew that I knew that I could just say Larry Ray, and then, and then I would just take around. over. I yeah, would just take over. Yeah, yeah. That's why we like having you here. It's Friday. We're knocking off an hour early. It's perfect. Oh, are you really? No, uh, we're not. And you're not. Okay. No, 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 no. You're retiring. What on earth reti- is going well, on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm in the arts. You don't retire. So I'm put, leaving. You know, I'm leaving one job, and then uh, uh, it's oh god, I'm scared. But uh, I, so yeah. why are you doing this? What, well, um, I thought you know because I, I enjoy coming on here so much and being with you too. So I thought if you could come up with a couple of new handles like uh, Skippy, Buck, and the girl, and that would be our new hook. And we'll, we'll take that into 2025. <laughs> and then my job as the girl is to laugh at everything you say, and the, except when it's a little bit, it gets a little bit on the kind of yeah, politically incorrect you, me you, too vein. Mm. And then I'll say, careful. So I will laugh <laughs> and say, careful. And I'll make uh, 38 a year. And uh, and we'll we're and off. And we're away off. we go. Okay. Away we go. Now you know us well enough to know that we don't need. Careful. Uh, see. See. <laughs> see. You know well see, enough. It's working already. You know well enough <laughs> that 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 we very rarely take exception to what you have to say, and we exactly. do we do not need you to uh, feign laughter at our bad jokes. You are the star of oh, every segment when we have bless you. So your heart. Well, I want to get that that very much straight. The history of the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Give us like the the synopsis. In 60 seconds. Uh, okay, well, so about, uh, well, literally 18 years ago, um, I was doing some freelance stuff at the CBC, which included uh, producing local comedy specials. And uh, one of the uh, the head of the arts department at CBC at the time, uh, Tom Anico, had a relationship with the Gas Station Arts Centre. And he and I had a meeting about the idea that the next time we produce some comedy programming for the radio, could we do it in conjunction with a local arts organization, bring some revenue into that? Uh, the gas station was was struggling a little bit at the time. You know, it was going through a kind of a transition about what kind of place it could be. And uh, so we had the meeting and we set it up and then we, we came up with this idea for like a comedy festival. And then um, I was hired by the gas station and we, you know, we did all the things that you do when you set up a festival and we, we looked to get funding from various, you know, sources and so on. And then we were going to record it for radio. But uh, that year, I believe in January, uh, CBC television flew out and we pitched them what we were going to do at the festival and they were very interested and they decided they would record them for television and they've done so for the past uh, 17 years and it was quite shocking I mean um, I really didn't think that it would uh, it would last you know or even that I would last to be honest well looking at the (laughs) I don't mean in the job I mean literally you do that (laughs) (laughs) well looking at the press release here it says the Winnipeg Comedy Festival is almost adulting it turns 18 next year and, like any adult, suddenly has all kinds of new responsibilities and changes to go through. So it's happening from April 28th to May 4th. What are some of the changes And that next are year the festival can officially smoke weed. 
because it'll be 19. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Um, what was I'm sorry, I forgot your question. <laughs> what are some of the changes <laughs> that are coming to the comedy Well, festival? Some, one of the big changes this year, and it's terribly exciting, so in some ways I'm regretting it. But it's just, you know, I mean, to honest your, answer your question honestly, it's been 17 years I've been starting to do other things like teaching and writing. I have a play at uh, Theatre Projects Manitoba called Dragonfly that... Uh, the debuts in March, and I'm hoping to maybe get more into the theater, do one-person shows, and and do a little bit of kind of, um, you know, advocating for our community, because as, you know, trans people are, you know, they're getting hit on all sides at this particular time, and I, I think maybe with having a little bit of a public voice, maybe I can step up and help that. But our festival, which is coming, first of all, very exciting. We move into a warmer period. We're at the end of uh, April, the beginning of May. Theoretically, yes. Theoretically, yes, uh, hopefully. And uh, we're moving officially into Club Regent uh, Event Center because after uh, 17 years at the storied Pantages, they are not accepting bookings anymore. We're not sure exactly what the future of that building is. But we won't be able to t uh, tape the shows in there. And so we've moved uh, to our title sponsor venue, which is the Club Region which Event is Center. Which is a gorgeous Which venue. is a great venue for us and one our fans really, really seem to enjoy free parking. And, uh, you know, great, uh, great facilities and and great sound free parking. And, uh, you know, I think that it's, you know, great seat free parking and it's a great uh, it's going to be a great, great place. Now, what about the parking? Is that an issue? The parking, I believe, is uh, they don't charge money for. Oh. So uh, a free, essentially it's free. Oh, By essentially, standing. I mean, it's exactly free. Um, and uh, also, um, you know, it is a great, uh, great venue for us. We uh, we will be hosting a lot of our other shows at uh, our main flagship venue, the Gas Station Arts Centre. And we have lots of exciting uh, shows coming up this year. So I think that uh, people will transition smoothly into it. I think it'll be a great room. It'll look nice on uh, TV for our partners at CBC. And so we're really quite uh, thrilled and excited about that. Unfortunately, because of that and the scheduling hiccup, um, our good friends at the debaters won't be coming this year. You know, we do the, the, the yep. debate show. And uh, so, uh, oh, I... Uh, I <laughs> I guess I, I should apologize for mentioning that that other That's network okay. so many times. But I'm leaving, you see, and so you can cut me some slack. Oh, we'll cut you some slack. Because I had this, and also because I'm applying here as the girl. Well, we the already have, show. just so you know, we already have a girl. She's just not here today, and she's not No, really you have a, girl. a woman. She's I'm a the girl. Woman. She's a woman, but I would be the girl. Oh, That's you would part be the... of my shtick, okay. you see. All right. Well, careful. Let's, see? let's talk. Careful. Let's talk. <laughs> careful. Larry careful. Ray, the artistic, the outgoing artistic director. The outgoing, and uh, I am outgoing. And I'm outgoing. Outgoing, going out. And I'm going coming out. Coming out. I'm coming out. All I'm going sorts out. of there's a lot connotations there. There's a lot out. Transitioning. Get, get there's all out. sorts of catchphrases in there. My face hurts right now. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Winnipeg Comedy Festival and uh, dates are April 28th to May 4th. It's the start with, I believe the names were Skippy, Buck, <laughs> and, and the girl. girl. <laughs>
I'm the girl. On 680 CJOB. Careful. That could be our podcast. Lara Ray is here from the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, artistic director, and we have a text here from Chris Lara who says, Lara Ray is absolutely hilarious. Her laugh is so contagious. I hope CJOB is seriously considering bringing her on board. Oh, that would, oh, that's not kind. You, you wouldn't kind? have time to work. You're with supposed us. to say, you see, I got a coach. Here. You're supposed to say that's not the only thing that's contagious. And I say, careful. <laughs> Come on, it's 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 forming as we speak. I love it's it. Forming as I we speak. It. But careful Do you know about that poor man, that old man, and he was he was dying. He was breathing his last breath, and his grandchild comes down and says, "Cause is there anything I can do to make you more comfortable?" He says, "I can smell, I can smell downstairs in the kitchen." The, the apple pie cooking and and can you just could I just have a piece one more piece before I go when the grandchild comes down and she comes back up empty-handed he said what happened she said it's for Shiva <laughs> wow <laughs> So, Lara, early bird tickets are on sale uh, for the gala as of Monday, December 3rd. They are. They are. And uh, what we have, yeah, and the early bird is a great uh, is a great opportunity. And we think with all the great free parking that's coming this year that people will be uh, snapping up tickets early. I would love to. I'm not I'm not trying to, to hold anything close to my chest. We're just beginning the booking, as you can probably imagine. And so I don't have any exciting names. That uh, I Jackie Mason? You uh, felt like you were yeah. evoking there a little yes, bit? Yes, I know of any exciting names I can uh, I can throw out just yet right. but uh, they will be uh, they will be announced uh, pretty soon but that is one thing because I do think tickets will be a pretty hot and coveted item this year and so a great stocking uh, stuffer but at the same time because you're buying just for the nights and the galas then it's kind of like a surprise pack that's right. true. A little, so, little bit of faith involved. A in little that. bit of faith. Got, I would got think a track record. I that think would after, indicate. I, I, I would think. Yes. After seventeen, after seventeen years, that there would be some sense in this community that we could deliver something. You humorous. sound like you're running for mayor. You know the, the civic election is <laughs> All right, passed, here it right, comes. Lara? Here it comes. Right. Uh, oh, did, you, did I miss the date? What of what? For running? Yeah, you, <laughs> okay. by a mile. I'm staying another year. <laughs> by a I mile. made a tremendous Chris mistake. Jericho, who was part of the Comedy Fest last year, by he the way. He did an in, incredible job. Well, him, he and Fozzie are at uh, Burton Cummings Theatre tomorrow night, so I think you should go see that oh, show. I should go say hello. My goodness, was he an affable chap and so, and so wonderful to, to work with. Great ambassador for the city of Winnipeg. He's a fantastic uh, guy. I just picked up his book. I'm going to read it. How many times are you performing at the comedy festival? Uh, this year, it's my last year, and so I'm putting a little bit of I'm putting a few nuts under the tree, as they say. You know, the squirrel. What does that mean? How many times are you going to be performing at this year's <laughs> festival? I think about seven or eight. Oh, about good. seven or eight. Yeah. yeah, because I want to make the the vow on the air here because I want to be held accountable to this that I'm going. To come, you're going to come. And see uh, you'll you. have seven or eight chances to see me. Good. I'm actually the only act at the Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Larry. I got to put a little bit aside. No, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. It's happening April 28th to May 4th. What day is the gala? What day is the gala? You know, the galas day? are the galas are Thursday, two shows Friday, and two shows uh, Saturday. Okay. Um, and so you have five opportunities to to attend the galas, and then all through the beginning of the week, we'll have exceptional programming. Um, at a gas station, other venues throughout the city. We may bring you back again, but we'll have to we'll have to discuss it. Careful. Yeah.
Tickets on sale starting Monday, December 3rd at the early bird price of $30. WinnipegComedyFestival.com. Lara Ray, the artistic director for the last time for this upcoming festival. Lara, thank you so much for the visit. Always thank you so much. It's always a pleasure and the best of the holiday season to you and to your listeners. Well, thank you, Lara. That was, that was a little... Unusual Careful. of you to be touching like that. <laughs> Careful, sports is coming up next Careful. with Kelly watch, Moore. Watch, watch, watch with the touching. It's Mackling, McGarry, and Rogerson. McNabb's away. She'll be back on Tuesday. And we are joined in studio by Garth Rogerson, who is CEO of the Red River Exhibition because... Tonight, the Canadian's Winter Wonderland lights up. Garth, good morning to you. Oh, thanks for having me. This is a really exciting time for you, I'm sure, because I imagine, I mean, how many lights are there in the Winter Wonderland? Well, you know, we always say there's a million, I don't know, you know, you think two and a half kilometer drive and light line all on both sides and up and down and over, there's a lot of lights, a lot of lights, but I love Christmas, so I'm happy. How long have you been doing this now? Uh, this is the 18th year of the show. Wow. Yeah, and it just keeps getting better and better. You know, the, the crowds are, uh, last year was huge. Um, we're really getting, it's starting like becoming a family tradition, you know, and, and people coming out and enjoying the, because it's easy. You just drive through, but there's also places to stop. You can pull off the side, take family pictures, or we've got a skating area and a real pond, you know, and then and a lot of statues and things down there. So you can go and take pictures, uh, you know, for the social media kind of things, you know, and it's a lot of fun. It's kind of frightening when you, when you imagine that you've been doing this for this long and then you're going, well, we're starting to become, you know, a, a well, family yeah, tradition, yeah, yeah, right? You know, a, it, well, you know all about that in yeah. your work with the Red River X. It takes a long time it to become a part a, of a fabric of the community. Yeah, you know, like usually they, they, when we first got into this, uh, the supplier of the lights said, you know, this is about, you know, it usually takes about 10 year lifespan for these shows. And, and uh, you know, so we started getting, you know, eight, year eight, year nine, oh man, these coming to an end. And then, no, like it just took off. And, and in the last five years, the attendance has been surpassing many of the past years, so it's just been fantastic. So in terms of, uh, I mean, I'm always curious about this kind of thing. What's your hydro bill? No, you know what? We've changed all the bulbs to LED. So, I mean, the the hydro bill was staggering before, if you can imagine, right? But now I'm like, oh, that's, you know, they they take one watt as opposed to, you know, whatever a regular bulb is, six or seven watts. So it dropped it by just a fraction. I'm sure hydro doesn't like that, but uh, (laughs) we like the bill now. Did you ever imagine you'd be able to do all that math before and calculate uh, how many kilowatts a light bulb take and do all that math and and, and appreciate uh, the technology and how it's changed? Yeah, well, you know, the LED really changed a lot of things. It, it, part of the challenge is some of those fixtures with a regular bulb take a lot of power, you know. So, uh, fortunately, because of the site, you know, the Red River X, we have lots of power on the site for, for you know, getting the rides going and that. So, it was easy to power them up. But, man, the draw was huge. The uh, first year we did it, actually, Hydro came out and checked the the meters because they thought something was wrong because they were spinning so fast, you know. But um, but today with the LED technology, you know, but the only challenge with the LED that, LED that we have is uh, they don't heat up. So, um, you know, if it's a snowy day, we got to have a crew of guys out there sweeping off those lights to keep them nice, nice and bright. So let's just back it up for a moment here, because for those who have never been to the Canadian's Winter Wonderland, I guess, first of all, where is it? And then once you get there... What does one experience? Yeah, right. So it's out at Red River Exhibition Park, which is off Portage Avenue at the at the west end of Portage Avenue. And you come in our, our new road. We built a new road a couple of years ago, Festival Drive. So if, you know, in the past, you would have turned on to um, Racetrack Road, but just go a little bit farther and you can go down a brand new street and into the new entryway. 
on the west side, and then it's a drive through light show. So it doesn't matter how cold it is or how snowy, you're, you have a nice, comfortable drive through But if you want to stop, there's lots of places that you can pull off and get out and take family. A lot of people come and take their, their Christmas photo uh, in front of the light fixtures. And um, and also we have, as I mentioned, the skating rink. On, it's on a real pond, which is kind of cool. And we got music piped in there and you can get hot chocolate and donuts and so forth. And then there's a whole area with um, like sculptures, you know, and, and uh, you're able to go in there and take pictures and, and have a lot of fun. So, you know, it's all well and good to see these lights. You mentioned music, and one of the most popular things on the internet every year are the houses that light up and have these musical displays. Right. And what's cool is when you get there, you can turn tune in your FM radio right. and you yeah. can hear the music. Have you? Yeah. Do you provide music or do I have absolutely. to bring my own soundtrack? No, no, absolutely. We have a ra- our own radio station and, uh, sorry, <laughs> CJA, okay. but we do have our own radio station and we, we pipe in uh, Christmas music. Who's doing music the mor- morning show over there? Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, a lot of people phone in, so we love your Christmas music. So. But it, does, it doesn't go very far. But in West Winnipeg, everybody knows about our radio station. But no, you can tune into that and listen to it as you drive through. It tells you about the, the different fixtures and the, this music and, and, and talk and so forth. It's, it's quite good. Actually, I think you guys produce it for us. So, uh, so there's a piece of CGOB in that, uh, in that radio broadcast. How about that? Did not know. I had no idea either, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Another cool thing about this is that uh, you have... This isn't just a, a cool event for the community, but it's a partnership with the community, really, with yeah. the charitable donations. Yeah, we've been giving away um, uh, proceeds to charity, and, and um, this year it's uh, part of the proceeds are going to a scholarship fund, so the kids are going to go to school, and, and part of it's going to a sport, um, a kids sport, so that's a great a great charity as well. So in the last few years, we've given over $300,000 to charity, so let's just keep chugging along, and more people come, more money goes to charity, so it's great. I think there are a lot of people uh, that... Come home to Winnipeg at Christmas time. I was told by a travel agent once that it's the most difficult place in Canada to get to at Christmas time is Winnipeg. And uh, I, I used to live away and know how difficult it is, it is. For those that are coming from out of town that used to live here, they probably won't believe the changes that have taken right. place west of the perimeter in the last decade or so. And they're really kind of just getting going, aren't oh, they? You, you won't even believe it next year. Uh, you know, a lot of things just at the start, our property is going to explode with development coming up. And you probably heard the reports, uh, you know, earlier in the week of some of the developments that are happening on our land and and very exciting things. And, you know, we're looking at a, doubling the size of our exhibition building because we just we're turning away customers for trade shows and those kinds of things. So it's you know time to expand. And then, of course, with the retail center, Westport Festival, going to be a huge explosion of construction there coming up very shortly. And, you know, there's, by the talk, uh, there's um, retail developments going up around us, or uh, sorry, uh, housing developments going up around us. And so it's going to be, you know, the West, the fabric of West Winnipeg is going to change dramatically in the next uh, 10 years. Now, you were telling me that sometimes people, they don't they don't come in and just look at the lights, but sometimes special things happen, particularly yeah, involving yeah. getting down on one knee. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have lots of uh, people that propose. Um, you know, a number of years ago, we, we got lots of calls. You know, is it okay if we stop and I can propose to my, my girlfriend or, you know, that kind of thing? And yeah, of course, that's all, you know, the whole point of it is to engage people. And so we've created um, a lot of the alleyways for the cars are, are widened so that you're able to pull off. And some people you know, want to go fast. Some people want to go slow. So if you're feeling that the guy behind you is pressuring you a little too close, pull off, you know, and stop and, and get out, even get out of the car and get out and walk around and look at the lights, take pictures, enjoy the, enjoy the season, you know, and then get back in and pull back into line and drive through. So it's um, very casual in that respect. Um, very easy to, you don't have to feel pressured by the car behind you. Just take your time, enjoy it. 
Take as much time as you want. Go through again if you feel like it. You know, so, so um, uh, it's uh, it's a very easy show to uh, to stop and enjoy. Well, I know we got to let you go here, but I've always felt that Winnipeg needs to kind of claim this title as the Christmas capital of Canada. Right. I mean, we, in my opinion, we have no choice right. in terms of uh, ease to electricity and how inexpensive exactly, it is, yeah. relatively speaking. But also, of course, uh, there's there's no better place to do it. Do you think this is part of that uh, yeah. that that stake and that that claim in the, in oh, the ground sure. to say, you know, hey. I, I love Christmas, you know, and uh, I get the advantage of driving through that light show almost every day because I just love it so much, you know, and, and I drive the staff nuts at the office because I sing Christmas carols and, you know, and sometimes in July too, you know, but, <laughs> but um, no, you know, with the snow and the cold and the lights on everybody's houses, it's, it's just so festive and it, it just brightens up the whole city and gives you, the, you know, just a good feeling, right? And, and, and I love that. Canada's Winter Wonderland. It lights up tonight, 6 p.m. at Red River Exhibition Park. It runs until Saturday, January 5th. So the lights will be on at the park every night from 6 to 10 p.m. except for Christmas Day. You can get your ticket in advance for just 15 bucks plus GST per family vehicle at any Canadians Winnipeg location, Red River Co-op Grocery Store and Gas Bar, or Circle K. Those are the stores that used to be Max. Uh, vehicle tickets are 20 bucks. For each family vehicle at the gate, and a family vehicle, by the way, is up to seven passengers, so the price is not for each person, but for the whole vehicle. Nice. So that's pretty cool, uh, because I've been to other places, like I remember going to a baseball, one of those baseball parks somewhere in the city where they would charge you per person in the car, and I didn't like that. It's like, well, there's only one car. Why are you charging the three of us? So. Hey, we've got to pay for the facility. So good for you for only charging once per vehicle. Garth Rogerson, CEO of Red River Exhibition. And uh, congratulations on what I'm sure is going to be another monster success. Great. Thank you so much for having me. The Start On Demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.